0: I tried so hard and got so far. Do or do not, there is no try.
1: What's up and welcome back to Bro Side Broadcast. My name's Derek. And my name is Blake. And today we are talking about the new Pierce Deville album and our thoughts on the HBO series of The Last of Us.
0: We're also going to follow up on our conversation from last April about Netflix, the password sharing rules, and how it's likely to be the downfall of that streaming service. Not the downfall of us all.
1: That's right. That's where I was going It's their downfall. Yeah. Will be their downfall.
0: Breakdowns are cool, but... um, The breakdown of Netflix won't be so cool. (laughs) Not, Not at all. I'm but before we get into things we want to thank you all for listening yeah don't forget to follow us on instagram at broside broadcast and leave a comment on our latest post and leave a five star rating on spotify it could be a one star or a five star but leave a five star
1: we are worth the
0: five star well we put the work into it so
1: and if you're listening on apple podcast overcast Wherever you listen to podcasts, Audible. if they I've, I've, allow a yeah. rating and review, Audible too. Yeah. Yeah. You can listen to an audio book and then you can throw on BroSide. These are simple ways to support the show. Right. They are completely free and it really helps us out a lot. Like we said, we are going to discuss the new Pierce the Bell album, not doing a review. Still won't be doing reviews, I don't think, for some time, if we ever do go back to full album reviews, but I wanted to talk about our initial thoughts on this album. So have you listened to a lot? Have you only had one listen through so far? What have you done with this album so far?
0: I've had a full listen all the way through and expectations were completely out of the park. And from the single that they had, I think it was uh, Smells Like Nirvana, Am I Wrong or Right?, Past the nirvana. Oh, past the nirvana. Whatever that is. Trust me, I do not want to smell the nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like smells like teen spirit or something like that. I don't know. But expectations completely ex- exceeded. And my favorite Pierce DeVille album is Misadventures, which was released, I think, in 2017. And that was a sound that was something different from what they've released in the past. They, mm. I don't want to say abandoned the emo stage, but it sounded like they were coming, they were growing into something differently, and I appreciated what they were going into. They took a hiatus, and I think that this album shows a lot of growth.
1: I definitely agree with that, and as far as my relationship with Pierce the Bell, it's never been great. I remember back in 2011 when Caraphernalia came out, and I was a fan of that song because it featured Jeremy McKinnon, and I liked his screaming vocals on that. I thought they worked well, and that's before like we had instantaneous information about music and songs, so I didn't realize that it was Jeremy at first. I just liked the screams in it, and then I realized it was just a feature. I was like, eh, I'm not sure about this band, but... My problem with Pierce the Veil in the past was that I thought the lyrics were a little juvenile for my taste. And I've seen some comments on the internet about this album and people not being thrilled
0: about it because they say it's not fun. Let's recognize that Pierce the Veil, as a band, as humans, they are not in their early teens or late teens, early 20s anymore anymore. So the material will change and there's a demographic where people are just getting on to Pierce Avail. The I there was a TikTok blow up with Pierce Avail with uh, the song with Kellen Quinn. So there's teenagers that are just joining and right. learning about Pierce Avail. The so there's people learning about Pierce Avail and attaching themselves to lyrics that aren't actually relevant anymore with Vic Fuentes having a child within days.
1: With a song basically like 14 or 15 years old, it's like oh, why isn't this band the same anymore? And it's like, well, it is a person writing the lyrics. It's not just like Chad GBT writing the lyrics and like this soulless (laughs) thing behind it. It's like, if you want real lyrics, it has to come from a real person Mm -hmm. and a real person grows up. Hopefully.
0: At some point. And that's what we want to hear. I mean, I've seen Pierce Seville at a venue in New Orleans, and I can't tell you, years ago. And Mm -hmm. they were great. They were just so good live. And it was in the moment. And I can't imagine that seeing that the same way now as a 37-year-old being, and that being something I can emotionally attach to. But this album, seeing this live... I can pretty much attach myself to it
1: and one thing that i'll say about this album just as a whole because you know we're not going to get into the track by track explanations or our thoughts on them is just that i feel like the energy throughout this album is more consistent i feel like each song just brings a different different energy overall Like, the very first track on the song is called Death of an Executioner. Mm -hmm. And I got some of the older vibes from that song. I agree. But in a way that I thought was more tolerable than some of their older stuff, if you're not a fan of them. But then you have Past the Nirvana. Then you have Even When I'm Not With You. Then you have Emergency Contact. And just those first four songs, you get a different flavor in each song. So I thought it was appropriate. I thought that it showed good songwriting and it's nice to see that they were able to modernize their sound because like I said before in another episode that we talked about them is that I had major doubts about this band Yeah, because I did not think that they would be able to make a modern sound. I didn't think that they would be able to drop their scene act. If you want to call it that. I think that's the
0: perfect way to call it.
1: Some reviews that I've seen and like commentary that I've seen on the internet is that, oh, this isn't good or anything like that. And that's because they are still wanting just seeing Pierce the Veil. If that's what you want, that music is still there. But you have to let a band grow. You have to let them write the music that they want to write. And I would just say that the people that still want that are the same kind of people who want sick EP or disgusting from Beartooth. The band's grown up, maybe you should grow with them. If not, you don't have to be negative.
0: And that's just my point, is that it's something, it's it's an album that we are able to grow with, and they were patient enough to have spent enough time to not rush an album or rush material to just put something out and just put something out that's for themselves and not for just the fans. So we have an authentic album, authentic material and something to appreciate. And, you know, as we're growing with the artists, like I was saying, if I go to a show and I see Pierce DeVale right now, I will appreciate the old songs mm. and the new songs. If they play them, well, they probably will. Right. I'm going to completely enjoy these new songs live. And, you know they're really pushing that grunge vibe and they're really trying to adhere to that that trend that's going on but the album is complete and dude i, I the the album ended and i didn't want it to end how did you feel about that
1: honestly that's a very good take on that because it's a 12 track album it's about 41 minutes so it's not like a long album by certain standards it's kind of on the shorter side but like I said every song brings its own flavor and the only song that I didn't really find myself caring for was past the Nirvana I thought maybe yeah. that was like mm-hmm. one standout song but now in retrospect I think that it was actually a brave move on their part to release that because it mm-hmm. that song was about as least Pierciville as it gets. So I think that song was a statement. To say you're not going to get classic Pierce Veil, As I mentioned, I think Death of an Executioner, they could have released
0: that as a single.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But kudos to them for not. It's like the beware of dog sign on a gate. Yeah. But it's just a chihuahua. So then right. you actually you actually get emergency contact or even when I'm not with you, which is my favorite my favorite song of the album. So like you said, those first couple of songs are just like the best songs of the album. They really take you in, but it doesn't the album really doesn't, you you don't get lost. It it keeps you in.
1: Not lost like Linkin Park, but we'll be talking about that here later.
0: Anyways.
1: I just think we're starting to see the direction that older scene bands are taking in their 30s. And you can't really fault them for changing their sound up. Because they are the first of their generation in the scene to have to go through this. Asking Alexandria was just one of the first to have a major change in their sound. And then then you have Beartooth. Then you have The Devil Wears Prada. All of these bands are people and their tastes change. And they shouldn't be locked into writing the same style for the rest of their life.
0: Okay, so this is something I don't want to get into for this episode. Maybe Mm -hmm. we'll get into it later, but it's generational, right? Absolutely, yes. We started listening to these bands when we were in our teens, in our 20s, and we grew with these bands. So like, I don't know, ACDC, Led Zeppelin, The Beatles, whatever, those bands didn't grow with people the way that we grow with these bands there's a different way that music is more accessible and there's ways that bands can adjust to their audiences so we can listen to a devil Wars prada album from 10 years ago and listen to it today and it's still Mm -hmm. good but we listen to a beatles album.
1: I kind of think I know where you're going with that is just 30, 40 years ago, it was much tougher to really give bands feedback the way that we're able to give them today. That's right. We had that more instantaneous connection with a band. Mm -hmm. We're able to go from listening to one song to something that was released 10 years later in just a touch of a screen, whereas before, back then, you had to put a cassette in if you wanted to get right. to a certain song, you had to fast forward, mm-hmm. and even from you know a CD standpoint, it still takes a little bit of effort to switch out CDs and things like that. So everything takes time to get to yeah. where they are now. Everything is a process. So this is just the result of that.
0: Yeah, it would take it would take like someone ten years to hear to get to a, a cassette of Green Day Dookie. Yeah. Whereas it's instantaneous, like you said, Mm -hmm. for someone to just hear it today, right now. And the feedback is instantaneous. Right. Comments. You can go
1: straight to their Instagram and be like, this was shit or this was the best thing I ever heard in my life. And the band knows within a minute of them releasing a song, how their fans feel about it. Music is changing right before our eyes. But another topic that I wanted to get into today, we actually skipped over this band last week for breaking the album cycle, is Sleep Token, because they were actually the band that inspired that topic last week, and we did not even (laughs) bring them up.
0: That's right. Uh, Let's not say we were sleeping on it.
1: But I don't think we've given this band enough love on this show.
0: That's true. That's true. And...
1: Me and Jay had actually done a review with another person, and uh, they messed up their audio. It sounded like they sent their audio through a toaster about 15 times, and unfortunately that episode was completely unusable, but as far as their first
0: album goes, I absolutely loved it. Sundowning. Yes, Sundowning is the first album. So that's the album that I like. Because I've recently done a discography dive for Sleep Token, and Sundowning is the album that resonates with me the most. Same here,
1: and I'll never forget the first time I heard The Offering. Mm-hmm. I was blown away, and then The Night Does Not Belong to God. Right. Just the first half of that album I consider to be perfect. The rest is like also like pretty solid, but... I just think in those first five songs is more than what most bands are able to do in two or three albums. I did not like sugar. I like the first half and then the band comes in.
0: I don't like sugar at all. So you're sugar
1: free. Yeah. Sugar free (laughs) Blake.
0: They should have called it Splenta. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it would have been better.
1: But Sleep Token, they released Sundowning in 2019, and then they released their next album in September of 2022. So they took some time between those two albums. However, they started releasing a few singles just a few weeks ago in early January. So they didn't even take
0: a year and a half from their last album
1: to these new singles.
0: It seems like Sleep Token is on the highest trajectory that a band can get to it seems like at a point that they could have been the super bowl halftime show that's interesting you think that's ever possible no okay
1: (laughs) although a lot of people would probably say
0: absolutely sleep token and rihanna
1: which i do want to talk about that halftime show here in a (laughs) little bit but
0: okay let's move on i saw
1: some comments on twitter Won't name names. Don't do that here. But Mm -hmm. they were hyping up the band and they said, I like this band before they blew up. I have photo proof.
0: (laughs) Photo proof. Photo proof. Okay, so I remember being like a teenager and watching a punk band and thinking like, Wow, I saw this band, I took a picture of them. I'm going to show all of my friends that I saw them first. And this is a teenage mindset. Yes. So at this point in in time where music is so accessible, why are we trying to gain clout by proving that we were one of the first people to see a band that is blowing up and having to show photo proof that we were one of the first people to see. Photo Proof. The song will be releasing very soon.
1: If you are in our Discord server, you will be getting a very (laughs) special exclusive release called Photo Proof by Blake. That's right. We are 100% serious. I know that we have like very dry humor sometimes. We are not kidding about this. So if you want to hear this exclusive release, you have to join our Discord. 80%
0: 80% of the lyrics have been written and I have yet to record the vocals but there is a track.
1: Okay, so I have to ask. If someone says that they like a band and they've liked them for a long time,
0: do you care if they have photo proof? I don't care if they have photo proof. I want to actually share the experience, share stories. Mhm. Let's have a conversation. Let's relate. I don't want you to one up me on how much you like a band or how much status you have about that band. I'm just confused. Like, what does it change? Cause to me, it
1: doesn't change anything. It's like, so you have more streams on Spotify.
0: Well, photo proof. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. It's clout chasing is what it is. I'm trying, I'm trying not to believe that it's clout chasing. I wanted to see that it was something else. Because it seems so something obsolete. There's no way that someone's clout chasing in the form of, I have a picture to prove mm-hmm. that I've seen this band before you did.
1: Say that Sleep Token was just supposed to be like an experiment or a project and it was never meant to be like this thing. And then they blew up to the size of Metallica and it was just this huge accident. That's something. Not to take anything away from Sleep Token. They are wonderful musicians. They are very skilled and talented. They sound mm. wonderful. They are probably going to be one of the top artists of 2023. Based no on just the hype that we're seeing, maybe all of these singles are adding up to be an album or an extended EP, maybe seven or eight songs. We don't know. hmm But photo proof for a band that I'm just shooting off a number here has 500k listeners on Spotify. Let me fact check myself real quick. Okay, so 2 million. Cool. Cool. But
0: doesn't matter whenever you were listening to them or like when you found them. Why am I proving when I found this band? What advances am I trying to achieve or attain to tell you that I know this band before you did?
1: That would be like me saying, oh, I was one of the first people to listen to I Have a Problem by Beartooth because I saw the tweet or Facebook post, whatever it was, that Caleb Shomo posted. Actually, I'm pretty sure it was a Tumblr post, if that tells (laughs) you how long ago it was.
0: Man, I miss Tumblr.
1: I followed him on Tumblr, and he made this post about... Beartooth and him leaving attack, attack. Mm-hmm. What does that matter? It changes nothing. That's cool for me. Like, I get to have that memory that I've been a fan for so
0: long. And as a fan, like, that means something to me. So let's just say that this person wasn't chasing clout and was basically saying, I'm I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. And I had... I, I took a photo and I have this like memory that that I want to share with everyone that I saw Sleep Token and I'm so happy that they blew up.
1: Honestly, so if that's the approach, I say instead of saying I have photo proof, be like it is so awesome that Sleep Token is blowing up. Here's a picture I have with them. We're at this show very early on. We haven't even seen the photo. So my thoughts on it, and just to tie it up basically, is just that, oh, I'm so glad this band's blowing up. Oh, I have photo proof. It's like, okay, is, are you making this about the band or mm-hmm. are you using hyping them up and then mm-hmm. drawing attention to yourself? Because that's what it comes across as. On a trending band, by the way, they didn't say this on the first album or second album. They waited until the band was socially
0: at their peak. To bring this up. At 2 million. Yeah. Yeah. At 2 million followers, listeners, whatever. And also, you have a solo project coming up because your vocalist got canceled. So. Yeah. And anyways. My last thing that I want to say with
1: Sleep Token is I wish fans would stop trying to figure out who Vessel is. Even though it's pretty much been figured out at this point because people are,
0: are obsessive. But their whole thing is trying to be anonymous. So do you remember when Slipknot came out and everyone wanted to know who was behind the mask? And Slipknot said, well, in my time, I remember Slipknot saying when the mask come off, then the band's over. But the mask did come off at some point and the band's still a band. Right. This is another point where it's, it we have a Slipknot situation Where something is mysterious, and we're very curious to who's behind the mask, but that's a part of the music. That's a part of the artistry.
1: It almost feels like Dark Knight, take (laughs) off the mask. If you want order in Gotham, Batman must take off his mask and turn himself in.
0: (laughs) You're totally switching my mind up right now. I'm going into Dark Knight. It's who's behind the mask.
1: As soon as you said, who's behind the mask, I was taken there immediately.
0: Yeah, Heath Ledger all the way.
1: I think people want them to take off the mask. That way they can apply a social value to the band and essentially grade them of, oh, this person is important or this person is not important. And I'm going to grade their music based on where they fall on the social ladder.
0: Well, taking off the mask would ruin what they have right now
1: because one of the best parts about an anonymous band to me is that you can focus solely on the music their image Mm -hmm. the visuals the lyrics you're not obsessed with oh this music is good because it's ollie sykes yeah because let's be honest how many people are saying that bring me the horizon is good because they like the way that ollie sykes looks Or how much bias do I have for Beartooth because I like Caleb Shomo? There has to be some degree of
0: bias there. I think removing the mask for Sleep Token ruins the band. And it seems to be that there is a major focus on Vessel, which is the lead singer of Sleep Token, but I
1: saw a comment that Tom Kiley, our friend Tom Kiley said <laughs> about Vessel or just sleep token in general. And it's that it's kind of like Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. There's a mystery. And if you remove
0: the mystery, then you lose the fun. 100%. Absolutely.
1: So, so thank you, Tom, for that.
0: And I love that he said that and he's been on our podcast. So in relation, he's, he's on board with us. Absolutely. So, did you have anything else in regards to Sleep Token? They'll be playing the Super Bowl halftime show in 2024. Vessel will be taking
1: off the mask.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then the band's over. The band's over. That's what happens. That's what happens. Something not said at first. Not all is lost.
1: Linkin Park's not lost either, no. but they did release a 20-year-old song that was supposed to be on Meteora, and that song is called Lost. Here's a 30-second clip.
0: Okay, so I am such a huge Linkin Park fan based on hybrid theory. After that, not so much. Okay, so this will be an interesting conversation. Meteora and everything else I didn't care about. Wow, that's hard
1: for me to hear. As someone, Meteora was my first favorite album.
0: It's because of my age, I think. What's your age again? 23. No one likes you when you're twenty three, right? <laughs> no one likes you if
1: you don't have photo proof. There's no photo proof. <laughs> so you at least listen to
0: Meteora and Minutes to Midnight, the following yeah. albums. So you're mm-hmm. familiar enough with those. I do like Meteora. One of my favorite songs is My December and That's on Minutes to Midnight. Well, that's after Hybrid Theory, right? Yes. Okay. Well, Minutes to Midnight was what? Like a That was in 2007. I'm confused. Is that like a
1: B-Sides? No. Minutes to Midnight had What I've Done, Bleed
0: It Out. No, but but My December was a B-Side to Meteora. Was it?
1: Yeah. Wait, I am completely thrown off. Okay, never mind. I am wrong. So it Uh, is on Hybrid Theory, actually. Oh, shit. Okay. Cool. Okay, so we're both wrong here. <laughs> Apparently we we're, don't know we're this both band on as track as we okay, thought. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh if you if you didn't know, uh this is the podcast to learn about Lincoln Park. So You know what they say?
1: Even the best fall down sometimes. Who said that? Howie Day. Okay in two thousand five, <laughs> I think.
0: Who was Howie you Day? You and
1: I collide. Uh,
0: what? <laughs> okay Lincoln Park (laughs) all right okay so I don't know why no I do know why I I watched the video which has like this anime feel to it and I listened to the song well of course I listened to it while I was watching the video but it struck me emotionally of course Chester Bennington Mm -hmm. and listening back to this like having this sound that took me way back. My point is that this song is leagues better than a lot of songs that are being released today.
1: That was my thoughts exactly. And the thing that's wonderful about that is that we get this new song from a band that is legendary. And even something that they decided to not put on the album, even a B-side from Meteora is better than most modern music being released and i feel like it's appropriate timing because it's been years since mm-hmm. chester has passed so it's not just trying to cash in on on his death or anything like that where they could have probably gotten 200 million streams on this
0: in like a year look Derek, i hate i hate to be harsh and you might cut this out of the episode i don't mind if you do but i, I, I want to say it and it's It's the fact that a dead person is putting out better music than thriving bands.
1: Which I know where you're going with that is that even 20 years ago, Linkin Park were better songwriters than these people who have had 20 years to learn, not only to, I guess, imitate or copy, but that they've not been able to learn and progress music further. It's songwriting. It's fundamentals. It's finding a sound that's cohesive with an entire album because this kind of ties into our topic of last week that Lost would not fit on Meteora. But where I thought that it would fit would be like a Meteora 2.0 because this has the Meteora sound, but it also sounds like it could have been on Minutes to Midnight. So it sits perfectly in that. It's nice to hear... That they were already developing that sound before they released the next album,
0: because the next album didn't come for years after. so this is a sound that I would have wanted from Lincoln Park, and this is a sound that would have kept me attracted to Lincoln Park, so which I know what you mean. I can understand why you fell off some I, I did fall I did fall off, but this kind of song, well, this actual song brings me back to Lincoln Park and me wanting wanting more of what they were doing at this time but it's so many years in the past like we're not going to ever get any more of this and that's one thing that makes it special
1: and kind of tying back with like pierce the veil and people wanting that old sound is that it was very limited but you have to understand how special that is and that to never bastardize that sound To never like get sick of that sound is a special experience of its own you will always be able to attach your memories and your experiences with that music and you'll never get to the point to be like you know I like that sound but then they ran it into a wall or they beat it like a dead horse they didn't take advantage of that sound because Linkin Park did change their sound from one album to the
0: next and for the most part they did a really good job at it which disappointed a lot of fans, but never left too many fans far behind because Linkin Park fans still stayed Linkin Park fans. Just sidebar, rate the song, 1 to 5.
1: I would give it a 4.5 because do I think it was smart for them to choose Numb over this because they said that they had to choose between Lost or Numb? And still being familiar with the way that Meteora flows that album had a dark tone and this one doesn't have that same darkness Yeah, it has a similar message but instrumentally and thematically it doesn't have that same darkness so I don't see
0: where this would have fit on the album as a hybrid theory fan I'll take your word on that but I think the change in the key on the at the end of the song, really makes it for me,
1: and the melody of this is just an example that you know the song will be put on the radio, but it was still a course that wasn't written with the radio in mind, at least I wouldn't imagine so This wasn't radio music
0: in two thousand three, so you think that this this will be on the radio today That's wild to think of, yes, without that a the doubt. song was written how long ago like 15 years 20 years ago 20 years ago and it will still make radio play that is wild
1: and i'm wondering with it being 20 year release if this is the only thing that they have in the bank i think this may be the best thing that they had
0: i think they had a couple of choices to go through they sift through the index and Mm. they picked the perfect one
1: but with it being a 20-year release, they have something in the works, I'd imagine. Otherwise, they wouldn't be making themselves yeah. relevant again. I'm excited about it. Same. I'm happy to talk about Linkin
0: Park. <laughs> this is one of my top songs of the year so
1: far. So, Same here. It's right on my favorites of 2023. And I will count this on my <laughs> favorites of 2023. It got released in 2023. So you can't say nothing. 2003.
0: 2020. Yeah. Correct. All
1: right. 2020-2003.
0: Changing changing the standards.
1: All right. Well, that's a lot of music talk for today. That's the last of it. That's a lot of music talk. Uh Uh-oh. But not the last of us. Don't get into it. (laughs) I love it. You gotta love the segues. (laughs) So we're not going to give any spoilers or anything like that. So if you have not seen this, but you want to, don't worry about skipping ahead. We are just talking about our feelings about the show so
0: far and we've definitely spoken about the last of us in episode nine i believe i recommended this before it came about and i was definitely right this is a show to be watched
1: and honestly i knew that it would probably be like pretty good but i severely Same. underestimated
0: it's too good how
1: good this show would be it's one of the best things i've ever watched Absolutely. I mean, have you played the video game? I have not, but this show is so good that I want to.
0: I want to as well. And as I've stated on one of the episodes prior to this, I think I've played an hour's worth of the video game and didn't finish it. I I don't recollect anything, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter. This is, it's a bonus if you've played the video game and you're watching the show because There's no disappointment that I've heard of in relation to that.
1: The only disappointment I've heard are people who expect this show to be like the video game. And at the end of the most recent episode, I believe it was episode five, the director was saying, because there's no gameplay, there can't be zombies in every single scene. So we have to make this show a show. There has to be character development. There has to be story. And so far the story is like pretty much bulletproof. They have explanations for everything. And it's one of the
0: best written and well thought out stories I've I've ever seen. So I've stopped watching The Walking Dead at around season three. And Understandable. Right. My girlfriend Kayla has pushed me to watch the rest of it. Because eventually it gets to a point where it's a little better and you want to pay attention. But it seems like to me, looking from the outside, is that this is the show that everyone wanted The Walking Dead to be. A thousand percent. And as someone
1: who watched up to season eight, episode Mm -hmm. two or episode three, I remember this pretty clearly when the show just got stupid. The Last of Us blows anything The Walking Dead could have ever been out of the water. It makes you feel things and makes you get attached to characters in one episode. Whereas mm-hmm. I watched The Walking Dead for years and it never made me feel any type of way towards a character of like feeling attached or it's more of a soap opera. The Walking Dead? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's all drama. And, like, I get there has to be some degree, but I have The Walking Dead compendiums one through four... Yeah. ...right there in this room. And I've read three of them,
0: and the show added so much drama. I've heard, I've heard the graphic novel is far beyond this, the uh, television series. The TV show just gets
1: hung up on so many things. Mm-hmm. They change things. They ruined it. But in The Last of Us, episode one... It's the event of how it begins for what we perceive to be the protagonist. Episode two is 20 years later after the event. Episode three is a side story of characters, Mm -hmm. which I liked because it shows what the experience was for people who were not the main characters. And then episode four, it's character development. Now you're really getting into things and...
0: ...what the story is going to be. Episode 1, let me just get to the point. I have two daughters, and I'm, I got completely broken. And I watched this episode two times, and two nights in a row, and I can't watch it again, ever. I'm not going to. I cried more than I cried at your wedding.
1: The fact that a show can do that in episode 1...
0: How invested. In the first episode. <laughs> Dude, I cannot express how shattered my heart was right for a show to pull you in that hard it's very very compelling very just the acting it's the acting it's very good you know story built plus acting it you just it's you you can't beat it it's it's unexpected and pedro pascal is an excellent actor yeah (laughs)
1: <laughs> it makes me so happy that he's also in the Mandalorian. So I have a fandom forum for the Mandalorian that starts two weeks from now, and then, and this, he's mm-hmm. he's just such a likable guy, and he's aware of like all the memes of him <laughs> on the internet and funny stuff, and he's such a good sport about it. Like he plays into it. So whenever you know someone is yeah. like enjoying their role of the character that they're playing and they also and being interact. Very aware. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just makes for a fun experience. But just the way that they explain how the outbreak happened and then right. what the response was from medical professionals and the government. Beautiful. I love the way that everything was explained. So realistic. Yeah. It makes you a little scared too. It's a little
0: too real. I don't want to think about it.
1: It is interesting that episode 5 of The Last of Us was streamed on Friday compared to their normal schedule of Sundays
0: because of the Super Bowl. Conflicting schedules. We want to make sure that everyone has the attention on one thing. Which you had brought up Rihanna
1: a few minutes ago, and you had some thoughts on this. So how did you feel about her performance? Do you think she was a proper performer for the Super Bowl?
0: I loved her performance as a solo performer because I think she was, I feel she was making a general statement that she could do this on her own. It's also amazing to me that white elephant in the room, she's pregnant. So she's doing all of this pregnant and I have two children, an eight year old and a three month year old. And I understand if you can't tell, Blake is very <laughs> sentimental. All day, I. Blake is day, a family day, man. It's in the beard. So, <laughs> to do to do what she did for the halftime show, there's there's preparation in the halftime show. You have to have rehearsals, and you have to execute, and you have to be Rihanna to do this. I mean, yeah. I, I was just impressed, and I got really scared or like i don't know like when you're when you're like swinging on a swing in the at, at the park and you go really 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 high yeah and you get that tummy feeling where it sinks in a little bit and you kind of get scared and nauseous maybe mm-hmm. and then you come back down like when she was elevating on that platform i felt anxious for her and right i felt that she was brave and very Confident, and then she was singing uh, like a diamond, rubbing her her baby belly. I just loved that. I I was into it. I I felt like she just owned that. She didn't need anyone else. Eminem could have come in, that would have been cool. But standalone, she did it. She owned it. I think it was one of the best halftime shows. Also, one of the best Super Bowls.
1: One of the best Super Bowls by far, but. From a sentimental standpoint, I certainly agree with you about her performance because mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't super flashy or had as many things going on as what other performances that we've gotten kind of used to seeing mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl before. But, you know, years from now, her child will be able to look back on that performance. Yeah. And be like, I was right <laughs> up
0: there with my mom. We don't even know if it's a boy or a girl or whatever it will identify as I yeah mean, that that's just that's wild to me so one thing that i do
1: want to bring up is the commercial that had <laughs> everyone
0: freaking out <laughs> including myself uh was it the let me guess uh the breaking bad commercial and that was a great one but no okay but well, it was a good one maybe the best one
1: unless the tubi commercial Oh yeah. The one that had everyone freaking out thinking that someone was messing with their remote. Which <laughs> I thought my cats were on the remote.
0: Okay, so my girlfriend texted me a picture of the of our remotes. She said they were sitting here, I didn't touch them, something happened, and of course we've we've always had some sort of haunting in our apartments because we live in New Orleans. Yeah. So she's freaking out, right? So, I send this in our server, and I said, hey, let, let's freak her out a little bit, and we had a fake conversation, and we freaked her out a little more because we said that we didn't see right, that to commercial. you sent commercial. this in the
1: Discord server, <laughs> and Sydney said that her husband was like kind of freaking out about it at first, and then yeah. you're like, hey... Kayla thinks something's going on. Help me out with this.
0: Yeah, so we, we continued to play it on a little bit, and she was very freaked out, and I wanted to keep her freaked out, and she gets on Facebook, and an hour later, she called us liars. Right. <laughs> I don't I don't want to say that, that that was the best commercial, but Tubi definitely get, got us on that one.
1: I think it's mostly the fact that they were able to fool so many people because for me it kind of messed with me because we just got a brand new tv like two weeks True. ago so right. i don't exactly have like the mental image in my head of what our home screen looks like mm-hmm. so
0: when i switched i just thought that was what yeah. the home screen was well it was all new but yeah my my thing is do you have to be subscribed to Tubi like how many people are on Tubi and all of a sudden Tubi pops up and plays this what was it like a cowboy
1: yeah it was uh, movie some animal something. with Joel Mc- McHell. <laughs> and i think it's mostly of that it just went to an app which yeah. the thing that i think makes it believable is that we all have like apps on our TVs that we don't mm-hmm. use so right. the fact that like it could have accidentally happened or something is totally believable.
0: As if you were sitting on your remote or your dog, yeah. like you said your cats, like you have like um 30 cats, so it could have happened.
1: I wonder <laughs> if anyone saw it and noticed
0: immediately and was like, "Oh, that's bullshit." There's a small percentage. I think everyone got tricked and which to be wins, they win on that front.
1: They certainly do and they have photo proof. <laughs> they fold. Every- <laughs> they have photo proof that they fold everyone.
0: <laughs> it's all over the internet. It's not real unless it's photo proof. Let me see the. Let me see the Polaroid.
1: But with that said, the one app that a lot of people will probably be deleting soon is Netflix. Netflix. So. I know we've had this talk before.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We've talked about this through text and stuff, but for the sake of our listeners, we'll talk about it here as well because I'm sure most of our listeners have probably been subscribed to Netflix at one point, if not now, then sometime in the past. But how do you feel about this with Netflix going forward with being so strict that they are disabling people's, ability to even use netflix
0: outside of their own home well didn't they recently debunk this and say that it was a mis like they didn't mean to post it
1: it was something on their website that said that but i've started seeing pictures on the internet of people's tv screens and it says netflix is only
0: Able to be used within the same household. All right. So they're still doing it. They're saying they're not, but they are. Okay. Well, I think that they're going to lose a lot of business. I don't even pay for the Netflix subscription. Neither do I. I don't actually, I don't know how we have Netflix in our household. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) I know that we pay for HBO Max, Amazon Prime, and Disney. Outside of that, I'm not sure what we pay for.
1: Okay, so if you lose access to Netflix, are you going to subscribe?
0: That's a rhetorical question. No.
1: (laughs) It's the same answer for me because I don't even subscribe. I think Brandy is the one that pays for it, if not her, then Mm -hmm. her dad. But if we lose access to it somehow, I don't care about Netflix enough to
0: subscribe to it. I don't know how, but I know that Brandy pays for it. I think it was like, I think we talked about this last year and you knew that she paid for it, mm-hmm. but it might, it might be through her parents, but it doesn't matter because I now actually,
1: we, I'm pretty sure it is through her parents. So if
0: we lose right. it, we're not subscribing to it. Exactly. So just her parents will have it and you won't, I won't. And her parents are the type,
1: they use the fire stick anyway to watch mm. stuff. Yeah. So, if it's not benefiting us, they'll just cancel their subscription. And I know that's the case for a lot of people, is that whoever pays for it may not use it necessarily. So, Mm -hmm. if it no longer benefits the
0: person that they have it
1: subscribed for, they'll just cancel their subscription.
0: This is like a type of thing that relieves me of scruples. It's like, it takes away something that I don't have to worry about anymore, Mm -hmm. because... Other than Stranger Things, I don't need Netflix.
1: Right. And I remember that's a conversation that we had. We, we've we already had. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's specifically about Stranger Things. And the only other show that I can think of that I would be like really interested in watching on Netflix right now would be You. Correct. Because
0: that's coming out mm, like now. Yeah. Like right now. Right now. <laughs> Today. Check it out. After you're done with this episode, go watch you. Yeah. (laughs) Go watch. Borrow someone's password. You can't. (laughs) You're not subscribed anymore.
1: (laughs) If you can, before it's too late. You can't. Maybe it'll be the last of you who can. Well, I'm subscribed to that because it's worth it. On HBO. Yeah. This only makes every (laughs) other streaming service... Look amazing.
0: This is advertisement for every other streaming service. Okay, so where do you think they're winning on this? Where where in, in the business meeting that they're sitting at, mm-hmm. where they're talking and saying, this is what we have to do, and it's what's going to save our business? Because if you're not losing already, why are you going to change it?
1: I think that they believe that they could threaten this, and then a bunch of people would get scared And then sign up out of being afraid. But to be honest, when there are things like the Fire Stick Mm -hmm. and ways to watch their content for free either way, because it will find its way onto the internet. Jailbreaks. Yeah, there will be jailbreaks, Fire Sticks, things Mm -hmm. like that, you know, pirated streams.
0: Mm -hmm. You're just making it to where people aren't even having to use your app. They have to retract this. They're going to have to realize that this is not the way to go about it. I think it's too late, because what stops them from pulling this again
1: in another year? They've already lost the trust of their customers. They are a service to be bought, Mm -hmm. and the consumer is the one
0: with the power. No one has to have Netflix. Something to talk about later, perhaps, is that Let's say Stranger Things is no longer on Netflix, but is exclusively on HBO Max because Netflix faulted. You mean they went out of business or... Well, they're not getting the subscribers. They made this... But they like licensed the show out? They lost all this business. Now they have to sell Stranger Things. Okay. That would be rough. That would... Like they've gone so deep. That would be end of the
1: days, Netflix, which I know we've called it the downfall. I think this is just the (laughs) early stage. Right. But again, I don't see them really recovering for this because it's nothing but bad press. Mm -hmm. If you weren't subscribed already, how does this news make you want to sign up? And even if you are a subscriber and you don't watch very often, like you said, it's them basically make the decision for you oh, well,
0: now you made it easy for me. Now I'll just unsubscribe. Do they really think that the people who are getting their friends' passwords to watch Netflix, do do they think that those people will actually miss the network that much to subscribe and pay for it? They can't afford it in the first place. They're not going to pay for it.
1: And there probably is a percentage of people who can pay for it. But clearly, they don't really value or I would say even like, Mm -hmm. care enough to pay for it. The cheapest option is $10. Most people can probably afford $10. If you are forcing this on people and someone stills to not subscribe, then that just means they really just don't value your product enough. And if someone doesn't value your product enough, your product's just not good enough, to be honest.
0: There's other services that people are subscribing to that they're just going to forget Netflix Mm -hmm. altogether because, well, I don't have the password. I don't have the access. I'm paying for this one because I'm already subscribed annually. Just like I'm subscribed annually to HBO Max and Amazon Prime. It comes out every January and February. I'm not not worried about if I don't have a Netflix subscription if I don't have a friend's password. Overall, I just think this
1: will mean people signing up for other services, password sharing on those, and companies like HBO, Hulu, Amazon Prime, they'll just be happy to have the new customers, and they're not going to say anything. Because like I said, if I were the one paying for it, and even if I didn't share my password with anyone, this would be enough to be like, I don't like what this company is doing, so I'm going to unsubscribe from their service.
0: Derek, I'll share, I'll share my password with you.
1: You don't have to do that. We can just watch HBO. We can watch The Last of Us. Right. The Last of Us is better than anything that has ever been on Netflix. And oh, I absolutely. love Stranger Things and everything, but come True. on. Not yeah. even
0: close. Right. And you don't have my password to HBO Max, right? No, I, I have Justin's. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I was wondering who who had my password because I have like three accounts. Yeah. So HBO Max has password sharing. I have three people, including myself, sharing HBO Max. And they're not talking about taking that away from us. And what's funny is that six years ago,
1: for Valentine's Day, Netflix had made a post saying,
0: sharing is caring for passwords. Oh, well, speaking of Valentine's Day, which is tomorrow, or today, depending on when you're listening, or mm-hmm. a year from now, whatever. Sharing is caring, but Netflix doesn't think so.
1: We are speaking to you from the past.
0: And the future.
1: Because you are listening to us in the future. I'm confused. On that Anyways. note, thank you so okay. much for All listening. Right. Yeah. Make sure you leave a five-star rating and review <laughs> if you like us. We'll you share our us. passwords with you. Maybe. Be good or be good at it. And this this episode was a fun one. We got to talk <laughs> half music, half entertainment, sports and uh shit on Netflix. So that's always fun. Shit <laughs>
0: Whoa, 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 that's a whole different thing. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh no. Oh no, <laughs> oh we no. need to tie this okay. up. Okay. Anyways. All right. <laughs> uh, until next week. Alright, well
1: yeah, until next week, my name's <laughs> Derek and I have been Blake and you will hear us next week still no (laughs) official date yet because life but we are bringing you at least one episode a week dudes and
0: dudettes we are trying I tried so hard and got so far do or do not there is no try okay
1: I I was going Lincoln Park uh, but in the end it doesn't even matter so alright my name is Derek and I've been Blake and you'll hear us next week Right on.